The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on? Hey, man, it's another beautiful day in paradise. Uh, a lot of great sports stories out there to be talked about. Definitely, man. Darrell Revis being traded to Tampa Bay, coming to our great state of Florida. Hey, uh, just a trade that, sh- that shocked really no one. Uh, you know, it's been rumored a long time that uh, that the Jets will be uh, moving Revis. And uh, finally, uh, for Revis, there's a... There's peace of mind. He know where he he will be playing football at for the 2013 uh, NFL season. Uh, you know, uh, found, signed the, a huge deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six years, ninety six million dollars. But the one thing that really caught everybody's attention is that there's no guaranteed money in that uh, contract. So, how, how do you feel about that? Well, Sam, actually, um, I think it's a blessing in disguise for Revis. You say no guaranteed contract, but this makes him the highest-paid cornerback, highest-paid defensive back in the league by far. And he's it's like he's getting a $10 million bonus this year. He was expected to make $6 million with um, the Jets. He's going to make $16 million guaranteed with, um, with, with Tampa Bay. So it's a $10 million bonus, and they're definitely not going to cut him next year. He's going to make another $16 million guaranteed next year. So, hey, you're talking about $32 million guaranteed for sure so i think it's a blessing for him i i I think it's a blessing period to be playing football in the national football league but uh just looking at this contract and uh the impact that that this contract is going to have on future contracts uh in my opinion uh it, it, it was something that uh, obviously Revis believes in his abilities. He's uh, comfortable where he's at in his rehab. But I, I really don't feel that uh, he won in this aspect. Yes, he's getting a $10 million uh, pay raise. There's a lot of uncertainty uh, of coming back from an ACL injury. But when you when you look at the big picture, a lot of the players, they, they fight for the guaranteed money because the one thing about the guaranteed money is, is once you sign on a dotted line, uh, that's your money. Uh, with this contract, it's basically a, a one-year $16 million audition. If Revis don't perform... Uh, to the level of a top quarterback, Tampa Bay can walk away from this deal, and there's there's going to be no uh, cap hit uh, that that they're facing. Yes, they would have uh, given up a first round draft pick, the number thirteen overall pick in this upcoming draft, and uh, and a fourth or third round uh, draft pick uh, in next year's draft, depending on uh, 
if Revis is still on their roster. But uh, you look at Mario Williams. He's, he signed the deal similar last year, but there was $50 million guaranteed. Even if Revis played uh, for two years in this deal and make the $32 million, that's a lot of money. That's way more money than most Americans are going to see in their lifetime. But to me, you fight so hard. There's no guaranteed contracts in football. Uh, yes, it's, it's taking a chance. Uh and I'm sure a lot of agents are out there. They have mixed feelings about the type of deal that he just signed. Uh, if you're a player, you believe in your abilities. Hey, man, he's obviously he's putting up or he's going to have to shut up. He say he's the best corner in the league. A lot of people feel that way. I personally also feel that way. But coming off a knee injury, I don't know if I was the Jets. If I was the Jets, maybe I would have held on to Revis until October 1st, right around the trade deadline, and to see where he was at. And if, if he showed that he was back, maybe I would have showed him the money. But uh, that's just my opinion, Daryl. Well, in my opinion, I think the Jets um – I think the Jets made a good deal with this, and I think it was a good business decision. They got money off the books for them. They're trying to get younger. They give them a, they give them another first-round pick this year. Next year, it gives them a second-round pick if everything works out with Revis. And on the back end, they're going to get a fourth or a third for that uh, next year. But okay, they're going to get a, a fourth or a third for that pick next year. But on the other end, Sam Revis, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not cut him this year, so he's going to make that. Next year, the same thing. If they do cut him, he'll be 29 years old, probably in his best health that he's been in since he injured his knee, if he can stay healthy, and he'll be a free agent all over again at 29 years old. It'd be what do you think? He's 27 now. He's 27. So. I'm saying in two years, he'll be 29 years old if Tampa Bay holds on to him for just two years. And then he'll be a free agent all over again. He'll be able to go on the market. And what is a top, uh, not even a top-notch cornerback going to be receiving in, in uh, 2016? It's going to be good money, man. I'm saying he, he'll it's still be, be able. It's going to be $68 million range. Hey, I'm, right. not, I'm not mad at him for signing this deal. But no. if I could have got $50 million up front guaranteed over a two- or three-year period, Hey, I would have took the fifty million. That's just like when guys sign the franchise tender. If you get franchised for two years in a row and you're and the cap number is twelve million dollars, to me that's like twenty four million guaranteed over two years. You look at a lot of these deals, and, and the first thing they mention, oh, he's going to make forty million or thirty eight million in the first three years. Well, if Revis is fortunate enough to play two years in Tampa, he's going to make thirty two million dollars. And uh, I, I don't blame Tampa Bay. You know, they gave up the draft picks, but uh, on their and they're basically just saying, hey, Revis, if you're a $16 million a year player, then, hey, let's, um, if you play well, we're going to pay you $16 million per season. And, and I think it's a great business move by Tampa Bay. And now it's going to put a lot of uh, pressure on players in the future where, where teams are going to say, hey, we're giving up these draft picks. I'm not going to give up two draft picks and give you $50 million up front. Now, if you're worth that money, I'm going to sign you to uh, a record-breaking deal, but you're going to have to prove that you're worth it. And I have no problem with that. And obviously, Darrell Revis don't have any problem with that because he's saying, I'm going to come back better than ever. So uh, it works out. But at the same time, uh, I, I just feel that a lot of guys are – are gonna they're gonna frown upon they're gonna frown at this deal because now they're gonna be put in a tough situation where now they're gonna have to go out and actually earn some of this money um and I I think we're gonna see this as a trend this is gonna start something that uh, maybe agents and players don't want to get into 
Hey, it may, Sam, but I'm saying Revis is betting on his, on himself. He just signed a contract that's going to pay him $1 million a week for 16 weeks. And I'm looking at he's he's got to be looking at this smiling his way all the way to the bank. And if he plays out the duration of this contract, he'll make $96 million. It's not too many cornerbacks making almost $100 million in six years. These are contracts that we see quarterbacks signing, Sam. Actually, not, this, is, this is a quarterback contract. Yeah, I'm saying this is not a defensive back contract. So he's, he's looking at this saying he is a trendsetter, but he's a trendsetter with the money aspect of this thing, not necessarily the contract aspect of it. And if he can stay healthy and if he can do what he says he's capable of doing, Hey, more power to him. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Hey, man, I'm not mad at him. Hey, just looking at some of the guys he's going to have to guard in the NFC South. I'm talking about when you talk about Tampa Bay's pass defense. They had one of the worst pass defenses in the, uh, in the NFL. Gave up a little uh, over 300 yards a game pass. And he's going he's gonna to be faced with the task of either guarding Julio Jones or Roddy White. Steve Smith, when Carolina comes to town. Marcus Coaston. So, you know, hey. He's going to have to earn that money. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and when you're talking about average contracts, dollars per year, Eli Manning signed the contract that averaged about $15.2 million a year. So that just tells you what the National Football League thinks of Darrell Revis. He's a great player. And signing bonus or no signing bonus, $16 million a year, that's just a, a great accomplishment for a cornerback. And um, he's definitely changed the way that that position is going to be looked at. But uh, not only um, now with Revis no longer a Jet, you know, this is going to shake up some draft boards because now the Jets have the ninth and the um, 13th pick in the draft. You know, they can move up. They can move down. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to uh, think about uh, and the young uh, defensive back. Oh, they they definitely have to add a young defensive back. And, um, you know, and, and you know, Rex Ryan has been a, a – I don't, I don't want to call him a defensive genius, but he's been a very, very adequate defensive coach. And I think he's a special kind of defensive coach. And uh, I really think he, he knows what he's doing when, when he uh, let Revis go. No, I, 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 that's where I disagree with you. I, I really feel. You think, you think Rex Ryan is overrated no, as a coach? I, I think Rex Ryan is the one man in the Jets uh, organization that was pounding the table to keep the real Revis. I feel that Rex Ryan's values defensive players, especially cornerbacks, and the type of defense he runs more than quarterbacks. So I, I don't agree with you in that aspect. I, I agree that he's a great defensive coordinator. He's a great defensive coach. But I, I think Rex Ryan's had zero, zero uh, to do with Sam. this deal going through. I Sam. feel that it was the owner that just he pounded. He said, I'm not paying Darrell Reeves $16 million a year. And I and I don't care how good of a coach you are. I don't care how good of a GM you are. If the owner says I'm not paying it, then he's not paying it. And and I agree. And I guess what I really meant is I think Rex Ryan has an ace in the hole waiting in place of of, of he has a plan. He didn't get rid of the best player, the best defensive back in the National Football League and not have some kind of plan to and put Darryl, a fork his, in his, that his, hole. His job is to coach. And, he, and really and truthfully, you, if you're looking at Rex Ryan, the way I look at Rex Ryan, he's a great coach. But I feel that I feel bad for Rex in the aspect that I feel he's a sitting duck 
because you have a new GM, a GM that you haven't worked with. You just got rid of your best player. Well, they got rid of his best player. I really feel that Rex, Rex Ryan's a lame duck, man. So uh, you, you're saying Rex Ryan basically now is is almost like a puppet. He's on the fire. He, yes. he, he, he's, he's a puppet, and he's basically a um, he's a mouthpiece for the Jets. I'm not he's saying almost, he's a puppet, but as a coach, you're gonna, you're, your job is to coach. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously he's not the general manager. He's not the general manager. His job is to coach. He had zero say-so in this deal. Okay. Now, and Rex I Ryan, feel that Rex Ryan will not be in New York next year because if they don't win, there was already speculation this year that he would be gone. If they don't win, I just don't feel that Rex Ryan is going to be coaching the New York football Jets next year. And without Dar- Darrell Rivas, that, man, your chances are just decreased a lot. You know what, uh, Sam, don't get me wrong. The Jets are by far, my opinion, the worst team in the National Football League. And, and that being said alone, not the if worst. Rex, I think that if they're not the worst, they're, they're in the top three worst teams in the NFL. And I put them at the bottom. I saw them play in person. So you say last the Jaguars year. are better than the Jets? I think the Jaguars are better than the Jets. Okay. And and and, uh, and I'll say this, Sam. I know you're if, a Florida if, boy. I am. <laughs> if 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 Rex Ryan loses the first three games of the season next year. I don't think he. W- I don't think he'll make it halfway through the season. Hey, Daryl, hold that thought. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice American Network. We'll be right back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Go, 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 go. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, you know, one of the most exciting uh, weeks in NFL when there is no NFL is the week of the NFL draft. It's a lot of talk going on. Hey, but Sam, before we get into that, man, I want to say one thing. You know, I really want to pay tribute to uh, the passing of Pat Summerall. He was a great sports announcer. Uh, uh, if you if you heard him in the 70s, he was great. Um, if you saw him uh, uh, host the uh, golf tournaments or even tennis when in the 70s, and he did a great job in the 80s, 90s, all the way up until the 2000s. A great, great announcer. We're going to really miss him, man. Uh, yes, no doubt about it, man. Pat Summerall, uh, Pat Summerall, John Madden, man, they were one, to me, one of the best combinations, uh, ever assembled. And, uh, you know, just listening to, uh, John Madden, uh, talk about Pat Summerall and, and all of the, all of the things he accomplished, uh, it, it's going to be, uh, just a, a tremendous loss for, for not, not only football, but all sports. And, uh, you know, he's going to truly be missed. Uh, he's a former New York Giant, man. A lot of people yeah. forget that. Yeah. And, you know, and Pat Summerall was born in Florida, man, just like myself, a Floridian. So I followed his career throughout my whole life. You know, I, I actually, when I first remember him being an announcer, I remember him being from Florida and being playing a kicker for the, for the Dallas Cowboys so, and, the, and the New York Giants. So Pat um, Summerall is going to be greatly missed, man. Yes, he will, man. Yes, he will. But, hey, uh, Daryl, going back to, uh, to, to Revis, uh, well, what do you think he's going to bring to the Tampa Bay secondary uh, if he can stay healthy? You know, man, um, I really think Revis is the best cornerback I've seen since since the days of Lester Hayes, man. And, I mean, this Back with the Oakland Raiders, who he was a true shutdown corner, and and Revis is a shutdown corner. You know, people talk about Namdi Asawa and how he was, a, but he never showed me the that shutdown was, corner. That was three you know? years ago. I, I I will say this: Asawa, when he was with Oakland, he was a great player. He wasn't a fraction of that player when he went to um to the Eagles. Now, uh, now Revis had been outstanding in his first six years in the National Football League. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. The Jets, uh, they got it right when he was the 14th pick uh, six years ago. They're going to have to get it right this year with the ninth or the 13th pick. But uh, Revis, he, he is truly a shutdown corner. He can play in a slot. He can play outside. And, uh, hey, he mirrors the team's best receiver. And, uh, and, and a lot, and he wins 90% of those battles. And, uh, and the way the NFL is set up is geared to make this a passing league. He has been a star among stars. Oh, he, he, he has been and he still is, you know, and, and but I, I say that, but, but we got to realize, you know, he's coming off ACL injury too, man. Right. And I don't think everybody, everybody's jumping the gun the way Adrian Peterson came back from his injury. 
you know, um, Peyton Manning came back from such a serious injury and came back to play at a very, very high level. So we have expectations of Rivas to do the same thing. I'm not so sure that his position allows you to come back at the level that Peyton Manning and um, and Adrian Peterson did. You know, and, and trust me, I think Adrian Peterson, the way he's stopping plants, that puts a lot of pressure on your knee. But Rivas has to turn and stop and turn and go. Yes, it's it's a diff it's a different kind of play, and I think I think we may have higher expectations on him that he's putting on himself because he he has made no guarantees that he's going to be ready for the first game of the season. So who knows when he's going to be ready? But I tell you this, Tampa Bay going to have to pay him them sixteen million dollars this year, ready or not, because they're not going to cut him, Sam. And he may, not play, no. he may not play to the eighth game. They'll be a fool to cut him this year. Hey, uh, the, the best advice I can give Reeves is, hey, man, it, I wouldn't attempt to go out until I'm ready. I'm sure he's, he's in Tampa. He's rehabbing. He's gonna, um, he's gonna train in Tampa. That's also a part of his contract, uh, completing a certain percentage of all-season workouts, and uh, Tampa wanted to make sure that he would be in Tampa training. Uh, they're they're going to look at him to lead a, a young secondary, but at the same time, um, I, I agree with you as far as the demands of his position, the cornerback position. Uh, I, I really feel it's going to be a lot tougher. Uh, you know, what Adrian Peterson did was, uh, was just outstanding, but uh, at the same time, he's not going to have to twist and turn and make all the cuts that a cornerback will have to um to make, uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, and just because uh, Adrian Peterson came back and Peyton Manning came back, you look at a guy like Derrick Rose that plays basketball and knows a totally different sport. He set out the whole season. Uh, so until you get over that mental hurdle, uh, it, it's going to be tough to do, you know. It is going to be tough. And, you know, man, um, let's, don't, let's don't get ahead of ourselves. And I can't get ahead of myself. You know, and I realized one of the things behind this Greg Schiano to go go for Rivas. You know, um, um, let me say this: the the the, the, the University of Miami former head coach is there at Tampa Bay, and he's doing a fantastic job of shadowing Schiano. And helping him. And I'm talking about Butch Davis, man. Butch Davis is a great football mind. You know, he, he may have gotten kicked out of North Carolina and, and, but Shiano knew what he was doing when he hired him as a consultant, not as a coach, because Butch So, so you're to trying to say that Butch Davis made this deal happen? I'm not saying Butch made this deal happen, but Butch sees the value in Revis, and I don't think Butch is going to bring no junk on him on board, man. I just don't see it happening. When, when you, I, I don't think Bush Davis are making those type of decisions, me personally. Uh, but, uh, hey, man, hey. Who, who knows? I don't think Shiano had the guts to make this decision. I think it was the general manager and being $30 million under the salary cap and uh, having one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, I think that played a big part into it. And uh, also, you, you got to ask yourself, why did Tampa Bay and Seattle trade their first-round draft picks? In my opinion, I just don't really feel that these teams feel that there's a lot of value in the first round of this draft. And if you can get a known commodity, then why not do it? Uh, the jury's still out. 
on, hey, was this a great trade? Who, who, who's going to get the better of this trade? Was it the Jets? Was it Revis? Was it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know, that's still to be seen. But I, I tell you what, what's coming up Thursday is the 78th annual National Football League draft. It's going to be at Radio City Hall, Radio City Music Hall in New York. And, uh, you know, the first round, the NFL has changed the format, and I personally like the new format. The first round is going to be Thursday, April 25th uh, at 8 p.m. And uh, what do you think, man? There's tw- There's been 23 guys invited to New York. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers sat in the green room a long time. Uh, Brady Quinn sat in the green room a long time. Uh, what do you think? What are your predictions on this draft? Uh uh, I'm going to ask you, who do you think is going to be in the green room the longest? Oh, man. You know, um, I, I, I hate the thought that the um, West Virginia quarterback is going to be there for a long time. But I really think that he's going to be there for a long time. Geno Smith, so you think he can possibly slip out of the first round of the draft? I wouldn't necessarily say slip out of the first round. But I think he may be at that 31 pick. And when hit, we're in the beginning of the season, he might have been at the 12 or 5 pick. And, I, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not so sure that the um, USC quarterback, um, Brantley, I'm not sure he's ready either. I'm not, I Barkley. think he, Barkley, I think he might be there for a while. Matt Barkley. But uh, Matt Barkley was not invited, so he, he's really not going to have that problem. The only quarterback that was invited is uh, actually it was two quarterbacks invited, E.J. Manuel uh, from Florida State and Geno Smith uh, from West Virginia. You know, the University of Alabama, they're leading the way with four invitees, and also Florida State has four guys that was invited to the uh, National Football League draft. And, uh, you know, that's just a tremendous accomplishment because uh, basically what they're saying when they're inviting these guys is that the NFL uh, – the NFL feels that these guys have a chance to be selected in the top 31 picks. Now, is that guaranteed that they're going to make it? No. But uh, it, it, the jury still is out. Uh, I, I think a guy that's gonna, um, that, that potentially might last into the second round that's, uh, that's been invited to New York is Eddie Lacy from the University of Alabama, the running back. I, I feel that he's going to be a tremendous player uh for whatever team decides to select him. But uh, just coming off his pro day, to me, he just didn't do it for me. I know he's a big guy. Uh, he has a he has a great skill set. I can see a team like Pittsburgh or that, that really uh, features the big back, uh, a team like Arizona, maybe uh, drafting Eddie Lacy in late first round or somewhere in that mid-second round range. I, I could see that too. Um, I really don't expect um, Lacey to be a, a first round draft pick, you know, but at the same time, I, I think he could be a, a, just an explosive running back as um, he, he's, he's first round caliber in the draft, but I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if teams take chances on running backs anymore in the first round. They'd much rather take a big guy, a defensive tackle, or offensive lineman late in the first round. I think whatever team drafts Eddie Lacey, they're going to get a great value of a great running back man um I, I just tell you i think nick saban does an outstanding job of having his players prepared uh for the next level oh nick saban you know because they're playing a pro style everything at alabama you know right now i looked at his spring game today on television and i'm like man he, he ran it just like it was a real game man 
So, you know, you got to give your heads up to, um, to, um, to Saban. He's doing an outstanding job in Alabama and they're definitely forefront to win it all, win it all again this year. But, you know, who do you think is going to be the very first player taken in this year's NFL draft? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Eric Fisher, man, out of uh, Central Michigan University. Uh, I, I just really feel that uh, an offensive tackle, uh, he, he's from a smaller school, the uh, MAC Conference. Uh, the MAC Conference's players have had a lot of success lately in the National Football League, and I just feel with uh, with his skill set that uh, he's going to be he's going to be the first guy off the board, man. Uh, I know a lot of people are um, saying Luke Jokel from uh, Texas A and M, also uh, um, a left tackle, uh, but I, I'm going I'm going to go with. Uh, Fisher out of Central Michigan. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM. We'll be right back after the break with more draft news. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info Europe. And Sam, you saying you're going with Luke Jokel if you're the Kansas City Chiefs with that first No, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going with Eric Fisher out of... uh... I'm going Eric Fish out of Central Michigan. You know, and I, 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 when you look at both of these guys, one is six six, one is six seven, and um, and Luke Joko, he's six six. So I, if I was, if if I'm picking these two and I look at them that that close, I'm gonna go with that extra inch. So I, w- I would take Fisher as well. But when you look at my home team, my state team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, sitting there at the two pick, man, I think we have to go with. An explosive defensive player, player, and this kid Dion Jordan out of out of um, Oregon. I think we really have to go with him. He's he's somebody we need. We need we need something on our defense to ignite this team. 
somebody that's going to take us to another level. And, hey, this kid, 6'6", 248, wingspan 10, 10 feet, this kid is a, a player, man. That's one of their many, many needs. Uh, if I'm the Jaguars, you know, uh, I, I just really feel that you can get an explosive pass rusher later in the draft. Uh I would even consider trading out of that number two spot because we have so many needs. But if Jokels is sitting on the board, if you can get it right and draft a franchise left tackle, I mean, you can be set for the next 10 or 12 years. And uh, you, this, in my opinion, this guys have shades of a young Tony Baselli. So uh, if I'm the Jaguars, uh, I'm, I'm going to either consider trading out of that pick or I'm going to draft Jokel. I'm going to take the best guy on the board regardless of position. And, and Sam, his wingspan is not 10 feet. His hands are actually 10 inches across. You know, a guy with, 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 with paws like that, that's something special, man. They don't come around every day. Uh, but this kid, Deion Jordan, I really think we need to take a chance on him, man. I, you know, the Jaguars, we've been saying this for a long time, and and we need to rebuild. We need to bring fresh players in here. We, we, we've gotten so many players from these Division two, Division three schools. So I'm not so sure we need another offensive lineman, especially when we wasted at least three picks in the last trade, last three three first rounds. Trade on down to num- trade down to number nine or number thirteen with the New York Jets and take a chance on a young Geno Smith and get you some more picks. Hey, I, I'm not sure Geno Smith is what Jacksonville needs right now. You know, I, I just don't see that. And if anything, they'll trade down and uh, and get um, Barkley, you know, but I don't see Geno Smith coming here and making a difference. He's not what Jacksonville needs right now. All right, what about the number three pick, the Oakland Raiders? You know, man, when you look at the Raiders, we need offensive line help bad. They need offensive line help bad. So they're definitely going to take one of those two offensive linemen, either Fisher or um, Joker. One of the two is going to be definitely going to the Raiders. I I, I can see the Raiders uh, drafting star low to Laley. Uh, defensive tackle, they need a lot of help along the defensive line. Or um, Sharif Floyd out of the University of Florida. Uh, you know, Floyd is every, he's in everybody's top ten. Uh as far as mock drafts, but uh, really when it comes down to it, it's all about the team and what they need and, and what they see in a player doing these workouts. Uh, yeah, I, I just really feel that's going to be an a, a interesting pick. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they took an offensive tackle. Uh, like, like I mentioned, when you can get that position right, you, you can be set for the next 10, 12 years. That's just as important as having a franchise quarterback. And, you know, I tell you, man, with the fourth pick, and what Michael Vick went through last year, they definitely need some help on the offensive line. So I'm looking at this kid from Oklahoma, uh, Lane Johnson. He is huge, and I think he's going to be the pick that um, that Philadelphia is going to take. Well, Michael Vick says the Eagles are still his, regardless if they're splitting reps. And uh, Selleck says that uh, Chip Kelly's offense is going to be insane. The jury's going to be out, but if you can't protect your quarterback, uh, I don't care who you have playing that position. I don't care who's calling the plays. You're going to have trouble. Uh, with all of that being said, I really feel that if Deion Jordan is on the board with the number four slot, uh, I really feel that Chip Kelly is going to be re- 
reunited with his former player from the University of Oregon. And that's a possibility. And I just want to say one thing about Chip Kelly. He can't reinvent the wheel, and I don't see him coming into the NFL and having his offense reinvent the offense and how we play the game in the NFL. I just don't see it happening. So more power to him, but I think he's going to be probably one, two years and go. I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing like having your players excited. And, uh, you know, hey, the players are saying you're, you're hearing good things out of the Eagles camp. Hey, the Detroit Lions, Motor City, man, I, I can really see the Lions, you know, uh, Jeff Back, his former teammate of mine, retired uh, from the Lions this year. I really feel that if Lane Johnson is on the board from uh, the University of Oklahoma, this is something that's going to make sense. Uh, you never know how that uh, those top four slots, it could be Johnson, it could be Joko, or it could even be Fisher. But I just really feel that uh, um, an offensive lineman makes sense for, him, uh, for the Lions. You know, man, uh, this is not going to surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise anyone to see one of uh, Lou Saban's players in the top five in the NFL draft. And don't, and don't let it be a surprise when this kid, D. Milner, go higher than five to the Detroit Lions. So you Very can... explosive player. Oh, man, he's um... – He's a big-time corner. I think teams are having a little doubts about his shoulder, man. He uh, he ran at the combine. He performed at the combine. And then uh, he, he had shoulder surgery. So, you know, depending on the medical report, that can scare some people away. But, um, hey, man, to me, this is a guy that the Jets have got to have their eye on, uh, a chance to move up and probably take uh, – Milner, man, uh, from the University of uh, Alabama. But uh, the number six pick is belong, belongs to the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I, I, I really feel that uh, if the Jets don't jump up, that uh, this is going to be where D. Milner go, man. He's going to um, he, be a Cleveland Brown if it all works out. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to um, sneak in and get uh, Milner at the number six pick. You know, man, um, you know, this kid, Jason Pierre-Paul, came into the league, and he has just been a, a, a whirlwind. He's done some awesome things. And, you know, and you look at this kid that played at BYU, this defensive end, 6'5", 271. He reminds you of like a, a Pierre-Paul. He's just almost unstoppable. You know, and, and, and his name is, is, is Ziggy Enshot. And I think I'm pronouncing it well, but this kid has been, he's done some unbelievable things in the draft, in the, in the uh, NFL combine. He's only played football for like three years. Hey. Hey, man, he, he's a very team. intriguing, he's a very intriguing prospect. But uh, the, the one thing that concerns me, man, you're talking about a defensive end that uh, has four and a half career sacks over three years. I know he's uh, relatively raw. He, he's new to the game, and, and I really feel that his potential is what has a lot of people uh, very intrigued. And uh, I'm just surprised to see him this high on the board. Uh, hey, potentials will get you paid. I'm not mad at him. You said earlier, don't hate the player, hate the game. And uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot of hate on him if he if he becomes a top ten pick with four and a half sacks. Uh, but obviously, these teams have did their homework. They're very impressed with his skill set. And uh, you know, the, the great thing about him not playing a lot of football is that uh, he don't have a lot of bad habits that has to be broken. 
And that's true. You know, he's going to be playing with another big, big guy, Calais Campbell, who's a University of Miami product. And, man, you're talking about a, a great role model and a motivator. That guy is one of them. And the number eight pick belongs to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, the, the Bills can make a, um, the Buffalo need a lot also, man. They need, they can use a quarterback. Uh, this, this could possibly be a landing spot for Geno Smith. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Chance Warmack from the University of Alabama. Uh, I just feel he's a solid, solid, uh, offensive lineman he plays a guard and you know this is very high for offensive guard but uh i I just feel that chance is a guy that uh is gonna benefit a lot from playing in the university of alabama system when guys call nick saban he's gonna be able to give them a detailed scouting report but all they really got to do is just turn on the film and watch this guy get after it hey but um i tell you man this kid this 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 kid sharif floyd out of florida state defensive tackle He's a real deal, and Florida State has put some serious defensive players in the league. And he's I'm gonna tell you, Florida. man, he's out the university. Out, out of the he, university he's, he's a Gator Florida. man. He ain't no out of the university. Yeah. Of Florida. And I'm telling you, man, this kid is huge. It has a oh, you you talking about? He looks like a sprinter on the field. So hey, man, I'm gonna tell you, this kid, it, it's a lot of good things gonna happen through him, Sam. A lot of good things. So don't be surprised to see him go. All right, what do you see the Jets doing at number nine? Hey, well, I think the Jets need a quarterback, man. I really do. And I think that kid out of Syracuse, Ryan Nesbitt, will be their quarterback. And I, that's what I think the Jets are going to do. It's going to surprise a lot of people. But Ryan Nesbitt is not going to be a, 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 a big name that's going to that's gonna overshadow Sanchez. And trust me, Sanchez has not done anything in New York to to have a shadow, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, Sanchez, uh, quarterback coach, uh, criticized, uh, Tim Tebow and Tim Tebow's quarterback coach, uh, Steve Clarkston. Uh, he criticized the Denver Broncos saying that, uh, they really did, uh, Tebow injustice. I, I feel the Jets need, uh, there's a lot of missing pieces that the Jets need. Uh, I, I feel that they made a, a big time investment in Sanchez and I, I really see them giving him a chance to be successful. And how are you going to do that? You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to get him weapons. I just really feel that Tavon Austin, he's a, he's a, He's a guy that has Percy Harvin-like ability from the University of West Virginia. Makes a lot of sense here at the number nine slot. You know, I, I love that kid, Tavon Austin. I, I really do. But, you know, and, and, and trust me, the Jets need help at wide receiver as bad as anybody. And that kid plays wide receiver, and he plays a little bit of slot, and he can go out wide, and he can put him in a running back position every once in a while. I really like that pick, Sam. And he's fast, fast, fast. Hey, the fast, number, fast, the number fast. 10 pick, the Tennessee Titans. This is where I see stop, star, low to Laley going to University of Utah, big-time player. I can see him uh, going to number 10. Hey, guys, we're going to hold them thoughts. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps 
Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Tune in every Monday after the busy sports weekend to catch the Vision Sports Radio with host Thomas Lewis. We'll look at sports from every level, from what happened years ago to what happened last week to what's coming next. Thomas Lewis will take you to places you've never been before on a sports talk show and will bring an experience you've been waiting for. Our topics will focus on realities facing a player, labor disputes, academics, recruiting, and transition. Tune in to Catch the Vision Sports Radio, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, with that 10th pick, I really think the Tennessee Titans, man, are. I think they're going to go with this kid, Jonathan Cooper, out of North Carolina. A big time guard, and and that seems like a pick they always pick somewhere in that in the guard tackle range. I tell you, I tell you, uh, Johnson would be very happy with that. You know, some um, offensive, some protection to clear some running lanes for him. Uh, Cooper and and Warmack from Alabama, they're the top two rated guards on everybody's board. So uh, definitely wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I like that pick for them. Now I have a I have a question for you. Uh, will Manti Teo be drafted in the first round? I think he's. We, I think he's going to be one of those people that's sitting in the. Um, in the he's, green. He's room. not going. He's not going. Well, he's hey, not, he hasn't been invited. They, well, I don't think he's going to be. I, I think they know he's not going to be a first round pick. I think he's going to be a late second, middle to late second round pick. All right. Um, before we move on to our main topic, the guy whose uh, stock is dropping faster than a speeding bullet. Geno Smith. Uh, I'm gonna. Hey, I, I feel Geno Smith is going to be a first-round quarterback. You know, uh, in any other in any other year when you're the top-rated quarterback prospect, you're in a top-five uh, conversation. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Uh, I think Geno Smith is being unfairly critiqued. Uh, but the guy I'm going to go with is DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, Clemson. And the reason I'm going to say that is, you know, the last thing you want – 
to be as a character concerned uh, this close to the draft. He's been accused of trashing his room at the combine. Uh, urine and feces was found in the bathroom. So, you know, I, I really feel that this is going to hurt his draft stock. This is a guy that uh, some people have potentially going in the, in the late first round of the draft. Yeah, things like that definitely hurt your character, man. And, um, and it's no need for that, you know, but I think something needs to be investigated about that too. You know, maybe the man didn't do it. Maybe someone's trying to set him up. You just never know. You, you, you never know. And, uh, you never know, but you just you hate, know. you just hate that your name is involved in something like this when you work so hard, uh, for this data to, to, to come and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully he had nothing to do with it, but I, I still feel that it's going to affect his, uh, his draft status a little. It, but, it could possibly. Yeah. Hey, Berdell, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're going to look at the role of the coach, uh, from little league to the big league. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of debate about this. Are we, are we as parents, uh, placing too much responsibility on coaches with, with the care of our kids? You know, I would, I would have to say yes. You know, with this in the society that we live in today, yes. I don't think it's fair for a parent to, to drop an eight-year-old off, and um, go do shoppings and run errands and do whatever she's gonna do or he's gonna do, and then come back and pick your kid up at two, two or three hours later. No, I don't think that's fair. I, I, and, and when I, when me and you were growing up, Sam, of course it was. You know, we didn't have. We we didn't know what pedophiles were at the time when we were growing up. Now it's a known word, you know, in our vocabulary. So I think we have some strange people among us. And as parents, we have to really monitor our children and, and, and take care of them, man, protect but, them. But as a parent, why enroll your kid in, a, in an activity if you, if you don't feel comfortable? Or, or if and when you enroll your kid in an activity, if you go to a practice and don't feel comfortable with the adult supervision, uh, is that cause for you to pull your kid out of uh, that sport or that activity? No, maybe you should do more supervising. I'm saying you should be there from maybe the beginning of practice in your lawn chair checking things out. Until the end of practice, whether you know the sport or not, if you may not know anything about soccer, but you know someone's do, someone's not treating your kid fairly or or um, doing something inappropriate in your eyes, you know that. So you should, you know, you have you have a responsibility as well, you know. And I and I think this thing goes, you know, we we actually give some of these pedophiles opportunity. You know, we have we have so many AAU teams now, Sam, and a lot of these events are basically not sanctioned. It's just a bunch of guys say, hey, let's have a tournament. And somebody say, well, I'll sponsor you, and I'll sponsor you. And, hey, you you invite guy teams from all over the place. They come in vans and station wagons and, and sedans and compact cars and everything else. And who's providing this transportation? Some coach who created a team, the Young Guns or the – are the hip hop boys, and and now he has a team in an AAU. Hey, but the, but the one thing I, I think AAU is, is a wonderful um it's a wonderful thing, but I, I think when you or you as a parent, you have to be comfortable 
with your kid riding in the van. So sometimes instead of you just pushing your kid off on people, maybe you volunteer to to drive a group of kids. But at the same time, as a parent that that's going to volunteer to drive, I, I think that the the error on the side of caution is you want to have another adult in the car with you. Because, you know, sometimes kids will cry wolf. And sometimes innocent adults um, be put in compromised positions where a kid can say one thing and it's not the truth. So that that's why just as a parent, I, I just feel that you should always err on the side of caution. You have another parent in the car with you if you're going to be providing transportation. Uh, uh, one other thing that I don't like about uh, some of the AAU events I is just me. This is just my personal opinion. When you have a young kid, Kids staying in a hotel with other adults, uh, you know, there's going to be adult supervision. But how comfortable are you with these individuals watching your kids? And you got to think about your kid's maturity level. And uh, we all know that sports leagues are a place where pedophiles uh, can blend in. And you see it all the time where guys being a, a middle school coach or Pop Warner coach. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's on the news for doing X, Y, Z. And it's, it's just never uh, um, a good thing. No, it's not. And and you don't have to look hard. If you look on the Internet and you just say um, coaches fired for for inappropriate sexual behavior, the list co- comes up, man. It's, it's almost endless. So I guess we really have to be aware of the positions that we put our children in. And you're right. When you send a kid away on a weekend and he's staying at a hotel with Coach, Coach Johnson, Coach Johnson don't want to be supervised. By and I, and I use this this term Johnson uh, loosely. I, that's not a person's name, but this coach don't want to be supervised supervised by another coach. He don't want two coaches in the same in the room with him if he is a a molester or a potential pre- sexual predator. So man, I think we really really have to start sanctioning these events, and we have to have more 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 statewide sanctions. You know, we say AAU. And a lot of people don't know know exactly what that means. You know, that doesn't mean that that someone is is has been has had a thorough background check to coach these kids. He's never had a a, 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 a criminal history of of any any significance. So I think we really have to do more background checks with the people we allow our kids with. We have to get more state involved so the state can start sanctioning some of these events. It shouldn't be just basically an open gym. Or, or open baseball. You know, At the end of the day, though, ultimately, the parent, if you as a parent, you, you have to be safe with who you're allowing your kid to spend time with or who's going to be involved with your kid. If you do the right things, if you drop your kid off at practice and you sit there and watch for 30 minutes or an hour, or if you go for a walk and pop, pop in on the coach, just that element of surprise when they don't know, some of these things can deter uh, those pedophiles for um from doing things to your kids. But uh, I, I just feel that as a parent, you shouldn't send your kids uh, on trips where they're staying in hotels at a certain age. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You am on the Voice American Network. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We look forward to seeing you next week when we get the break down the NFL draft picks and uh, bring you more exciting news. We're going to get into the NBA playoffs also. Hey, let's go next. 
Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.